Muhadib tells us in a time of reflection that his first collisions with Arakeen necessities were the true beginnings of his education. He learned then how to pull the sand for its weather, learned the language of the wind's needles stinging his skin, learned how the nose can buzz with sand itch, and how to gather his body's precious moisture around him to guard it and preserve it. As his eyes assumed the blue of the Abad, he learned the Chikopsa way. Stilgar's preface to Muhadib, the man, by the Princess Irulan. Welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we read Dune by Frank Herbert and talk about it. My name is Caleb Pauls. And I'm Evan Diaz. And together, we are going to read some Dune. Yeah, we are. You didn't say the first time, Fremen, first time? Oh, you're right. I totally missed that part. I don't have it in front of me. If you're a Fremen or a first-time reader, this podcast is indeed still for you. I'm glad you got it. <laughs> Thank you for pulling me up there like a good tribesman. Oh, yeah. No, no worries. Just don't kill me because of, I'm making the tribe weak. That's all oh. I ask. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, quote. Quote. Anything you see from this quote? Uh, Stilgar apparently survives, at yeah. least for a while. Enough to write a preface to the book Muhadib the Man. So, a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. This is Stilgar talking about it. And how Paul is reflecting to Stilgar how um, his being in the tribe in Arrakis it, with the Fremen was actually his first education. Huh. Which is crazy because of all of this education from the Mentat to Ferhawit yeah. to Duncan and Gurney, the swordsman and the, and the war master. You know, all of this education in politics. He, he says his first education. His true education. His first true education was, was yeah. living on Arrakis as a friend. Man, that's heavy. Um, and so this this quote has obviously not happened yet, but we are now walking into the first Fremen set, Siech, yeah. that we've been in. So this, we're introduced to Fremen culture completely now. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Pretty intense. I think so. Intense. Ah, ah, that's ah, there. All right. Ah. So, all right. Uh, at the beginning of the show, we like to shout out somebody who has emailed us. Yes. Um, and they say what their favorite part of Dune is. I'm ready. All right. <clears throat> the title of this email is Binging for a Month Now. <laughs> from nicholas adams he says hey how's it going i'm nick from arkansas so most of the time i've been listening to the podcast while driving he's a truck driver oh very cool never have i read the books but i watched the lynch 1984 theatrical version it's terrible compared to the book (laughs) (laughs) that's what i hear i have no idea Somebody just bought me the VHS version of the no 1984 way. Dune. Yeah, it's pretty funny. That's awesome. They found it at the thrift store and picked it up for me for like 50 cents. So thank <laughs> you. What a gem. <laughs> listening to listening with you guys has been a guilty, pre- guilty pleasure of mine as I was introduced to Dune as a young child. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for the Villeneuve movie. Favorite scenes would be the dinner party. Yep. The bullhead as the figurative sense of the impending doom oh, for oh, Lido. Oh. The 2 a.m. throwdown with Howitt. And then also another 2 a.m. throwdown with Stilgar and Jessica. They both had their moments where Jessica owned them. Right, 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 right. Which is kind of funny. You're in, you're in for a ride. 
but I'm just as lost <laughs> like you were with some previous understanding. Good I mean, know, what can a movie teach compared to the book? Fair. It's a good point, Fair. Nick. And it's pronounced Quizraj Hadrak for future reference. And will we? Yeah, that's good. Quiz. Quit. Say that again. Hold on. I'll show you the phonetical spelling of it because oh, it's even okay. better. Here, let's see. Quiz. Quiz. Quiz what? Quiz at. Had Iraq. Quiz at Tatarak? Yeah. That's it. Cool. Quiz at Tatarak. Quiz at Tatarak. <laughs> Hope that it's been an exceptional year for you guys. May you go with the Luzan El Gaib and stay spicy. <sighs> Thank you, Nicholas. Yes. I mean, I think it's been an extraordinary year for everyone. It's <laughs> just in general. <laughs> Here we are in the 21st century. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yes, if you want to send us your favorite parts of Dune, we have some good parts coming up. Uh, send us an email, Reading Dune. Follow us on Twitter at Reading Dune. Yeah. Pretty simple. There it is. Nailed it. Got that SEO down. If you're reading Dune, you'd find us. So that's how that <laughs> works. All right. Where did we leave off with Paul and Jessica? Because we have a Paul and Jessica chapter. Uh, we were still in. We were still in the cave on the other side of the basin, right? Yeah, yeah. we went down. We dropped the water in there. Paul Mm -hmm. had a freak out moment. He's like, I need to do something right now or I'm going to... Bad things are going to happen. And he doesn't do anything. Yeah. And then he goes back up and then he uh, realizes that like... Maybe his mom doesn't have his best intentions in mind. Yes. And he pulls out James's ballast set and kind of like does a little ditty for his yeah. girl Chaney. He sings, he sings Wonderwall for, to Chani. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> All right. So we the troop is now walking across the, base, in, across the basin in the light of the first moon towards what I imagine is a massive just rock just, just jutting up. Big rock. Big rock just jutting up. And this is Siech Tabar. Yes, Siech Tabar. Paul wiped his sweat-caked dust from his forehead. Bull. He feels a tug at his arm, or probably behind him. It's Cheney hissing from behind him. Do as I told you. Bring the fold of your hood down over your forehead. We've only the eyes exposed. You waste moisture. Yes. Paul hears another voice behind them, whispering in a shaming tone. The desert hears you. Okay, shut up, please. We're trying to get somewhere. Paul hears birds chirping high above in the rocks above them. The troop stops. Paul feels some tension in the group. They're headed home. Birds chirp again. They start moving. The troop starts moving through the crack in the rocks. Paul notices how it was there was a stillness of breath around the group. And all the Fremen were glancing towards Chani. Chaney. Chani? Chaney? I like Chani. I like Chaney. Chani sounds more, uh... Chani? Fremen. Chani. (laughs) Chaney seems withdrawn and just taking this moment in. She's, like, solely focused on re-entering. So, in the Dune Encyclopedia, it says that where she was coming from, evidently, um, Chaney was in training to be a Sayadina, Ooh. And so in order to do that, you have to like visit all of the water catches. Okay. So you get to know where all of them are. And it's like a part of a, like a, a coming of age right. thing. Right. 
something you have to do. Right. So she's coming from this in a ceremonial ritual way Mm -hmm. um, to become a Sayadina. And then also on the way back, they found Paul and Jessica, which is now the Wizan El Gaib. And they also learned that her dad just died. Yeah. That's what the bird was saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. So there's a lot going on there. And so as they're walking, Paul notices that there's rock now underneath their feet. And they were starting to climb stairs in the dark. There's falling shadows Mm -hmm. up the stairs into a tunnel past two moisture sealed doors and into a narrow passage lit by glow globes. And now are starting to throw off, throw off their hoods, relaxing their still suit discipline, removing their nose plugs and breathing deeply. But now Paul doesn't know where Cheney is. Where'd she go? I don't know. From behind him, he hears, throw off your hood, Usul, you're home. A friend named Farouk. Farouk. And he said this as he helped Paul in releasing his hood catch. Paul undid his nose plugs and the smell immediately hit his nostrils. Unwashed bodies. Everywhere, the sour smell of humanity. Oh. Along with the cinnamon smell of the spice. Jeez. Infusion. And cinnamon, I mean, is got heavy smell as is. So I can't imagine that was just a bunch of BO (laughs) as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's they're all just kind of like waiting there. And Paul looked to Farouk and asked, What are we waiting for? But Reverend Mother, I think, you heard the message for Cheney. Farouk took a deep breath, smiling. Mm, the smell of home. He said, Paul heard his mother cough on the odors. He hears Jessica's voice saying, how rich the odors of, of your siege still are. I see you do much working with the spice. You make paper, plastics, and is that chemical explosives? Jessica says to Stilgar. And somebody else, you hear another Fremen go, wait, you can smell all that? (laughs) (laughs) But Paul realizes that she was speaking out loud for his benefit. Right. Probably to acknowledge the the sting itself. Like, Paul, we know this is weird, but it's normal here. Right, right. Like, Paul, be cool. So Paul doesn't just like, dude, what the? Ooh, ooh. Right, right, right. But I also think there's something here, like, does she notice the chemical explosives? Because I think in her mind, she's still thinking, and even like in Paul's training, right? Right. Is the how can we use these people as an army? Mm. They are making chemical explosives. They have the weaponry. They are trained, right? Like, right. Paul, use these people. Like, we need to get in with them. Paul heard hushed voices starting from the head of the group and moving their way back to him as Fremen were whispering among, the, among themselves. It's true. Liette is dead. And then Paul thought, wait, is Cheney the daughter of Liette? And then it clicked. Liette was the Fremen name for the planetologist. Mm-hmm. And then Paul leaned over to Farouk, his like buddy now. And he asked, is Liette known as Kynes? Just to make sure they were talking about the same guy. Is this the same Liette? That they call kinds, or is is, the, is there another Liet I know about? And Farouk just says, "There's only one Liet." Oh, and now everybody knows Liet yeah. Kinds is dead. It was hard and treachery. They made it seem like an accident. Doctor crash, lost in the desert. Paul felt the rage boil within him. 
everyone who has ever tried to help him or any of the Atreides are now killed by the Harkonnens. Right. And this man risked everything to help him and his mom. Like he brought them in, trusted them. Like Paul gave his word he would die for him. And now here he is dead for Paul. Yeah. Farouk looked at Paul with a twinkle in his eye. Does Usul hunger yet for revenge? <laughs> <laughs> like there's that like, we want to kill them. Do you want Do to kill, you want to kill, kill them? them? Let's kill them. Like, and, and I think Paul kind of sees the like the twinkle of the jihad in his eye. Yeah. Like, oh, we're just looking for the right motivation right. to take everything by storm. <laughs> but before Paul could do anything, there's a commotion happening in the group. And, the, and it was coming towards him. All of a sudden, Stilgar was in front of him now. And there was a strange woman with him. She wore a flowing wrap, a wraparound garment of orange and green. No still suit. Her shoulders were bare, and she had water rings in her ears. Ooh. So water is kind of worn like we would wear jewelry. Like we wear gold and precious metals. But the Fremen women wear water bracelets and necklaces, like as a show of wealth. Yeah, that's like you, cool. You can wear your water, not just Ooh. in your body, but on your body. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. The woman... Saying loudly enough for everyone to hear, says, This bested my Jameis? Be silent, Hera. It was Jameis's doing. He invoked the Tahad Alberini, Stilgar told her quickly. But he's a boy, she said, shaking her head. My father, my children made fatherless by another child? Surely it was an accident. Stilgar is at this point frustrated with the situation, but knowing what needed to happen, told Paul, Usul, how many years have you? Paul's like, uh, 15. <laughs> Still got woke up with the troop and asked aloud, is there anyone who cares to challenge me? Silence. Still got woke back to Hera. Until I've learned his weirding ways, I will not challenge him. Hera returned Stilgar's stare. But you saw the strange woman who went with Johnny and the Reverend Mother. She's an outfreeing Sadina, mother to this lad. Stilgar said sharply to Hera. Hera looked back towards Paul, all of a sudden with awe in her eyes. The son of Gaib. Right? She's putting together the legend. Yeah. And then this Paul's mind starts fluttering with like the tremors of the jihad. Oh. The legend that's all boiled in there. The place they would know to be safe isn't all in that like that one look. Right. But of course, Stilgar just shrugs it off. He's not going to say Paul's one was on Ogaid. He's going to give the political correct answer. Uh-huh. It's not been tested. I don't know for sure. We don't know. We don't know. He's in here now. Just be cool. <laughs> be cool, woman. <laughs> Everyone just be cool. I think he does that to like, he's got to keep the power and right. keep the peace. And people, if they think Paul is was on a, was on Al-Gaib, they're gonna expect a challenge, either him gonna challenge or like, who's, somebody's gotta lead and it's gonna be the legend, so I mean, Stilgar has to die in the process, so he's right. like, of course politically correct answer everyone calm down, calm down, no one knows anything yeah, Stilgar looked at Paul and it was time to take care of a matter just like Paul needed to accept Jameis's water, he also needs to accept Jameis's responsibilities yikes, nobody nobody told him, like 
nobody's told him all this before, you know? I guess he didn't really have a choice. Like, no, he had no choice. He was hey, like, uh, oh, man. Hey, Paul, so uh, James is challenging you. You got to fight him, and if you beat him, you got to kill him, and you got to take his wife, and you got to take his kids, and you got to... <laughs> it's like, oh, and what? by the way... And you can't say no. Right, <laughs> right, right. But I'm like, only 15. I'd, I'd rather not. <laughs> I don't want to kill anybody. Oh. So that was his woman, uh, her two sons, uh, his house, and his coffee service. And now all Paul's. So he's getting coffee out of it. So can't be too bad. Paul's a young entrepreneur. Is that yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> Paul looked at Hera, only see Hera staring back at him, waiting for him to make a decision. Someone behind him whis- whispered to up to him. We have work to do. Say how you accept her. <laughs> still, still seeing the confusion in Paul's face because, again, Paul has no idea right. what's happening. Stranger thinking. He's like, I'm just here uh, hanging out. What do I do? What do I say? <laughs> he clarifies the situation. He can have Hera as a wife. Or a woman, or as a servant. Right. Hera does twirl, puts her hands up in the air, <laughs> slyly looks Ooh. down at Paul, the Wizan El Gaib. Come on. And, uh, right. And now all things just got spicy. Am I, yeah, exactly. If you're the wife of Wizan El Gaib, you're going to do okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. You are moving up the political ladder here. <laughs> you have some clout. Yeah. Forget Jameis. No, I'm moving up in the ladder. <laughs> I'm. St- she says, "I am still young, Usul." Right? She uses his CH name, like working on him a little bit. <laughs> it is said I look as young as I am as I was when I was with Jeff before Jameis bested him. I like how um, the space Fremen name is his Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> I was tempted to read gail for something weird like that but no that's jeff it's jeff that's jeff jeff and Jameis, the two j's jeff and <laughs> but paul paul i think is still confused so he asks a clarifying question if i accept her as a servant can i change my mind later which i think is a valid question and he can he has one year to decide what to do right but if he like still makes her a servant and not a wife she's like released from their bonds within a year and she can go do what she wants to do right uh, but James' other responsibilities, like his kids, are always Paul's responsibility to take care of. Fifteen-year-old dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. Paul then doubles down on the idea and accepts her as a servant, which is probably the best non-decision he could have made. Right. Especially when, let's be real, all he's thinking about is his teenage dream girlfriend. Right. Like. Okay, so there was a hot girl. I was with me. She like told me what to do a lot, and then I kind of liked it. And then, <laughs> but now she's not here. And to be honest, <clears throat> I just want to hang out with her. Right. And now this like thirty year old woman wants to be with me. I'm really confused. Yeah, he doesn't want a wife right now. Yeah, no. He's like he's still trying to figure out what what's going on. Harris stamps her foot in anger when she's been. T- but I'm, but I'm young. But I'm young. Take me. But Harry isn't done. You know, she's going to try to like woo him a little bit right. more. Uso, the Wizan Al-Gaib. Still going to look down with Paul with a sense of pride, right? Caution is a worthy man who lead. Hera again protests, but I'm young. But Stilgar has none of it. Right. And says that she's supposed to show Uso to his quarters and give him a place to rest. 
Because let's be real, when was the last Paul, when was the last time Paul rested? Uh, Caladan? Caladan. Right, a nice peaceful night's sleep. Right, Caladan. He could really go for just a nice fifteen hour sleep. Right, <laughs> right about now. And it, and Hera at this point had talked enough, so Paul had registered her voice. And he could feel the impatience of the group. They want to like get on, get moving, right. like just do the thing you got to do, man. And all of a sudden he's wondering where Cheney is, where his mother was. He wanted to ask where they were, but he knows Stilgar was anxious for her, him. And he wanted to leave. And to be honest, I think, I think Stilgar just wants Paul away. Just go to your quarters. Just go away for now. Get, get out of the way. I have other, yeah. I have other things I need to do. You here. Yeah. Go to bed. <laughs> Go to bed, Paul. <laughs> I will. I will call for you when I need you. One, two. <laughs> Don't make three. <laughs> Paul faced Hera and pitched his voice in a certain way that accented Hera's fear and awe, and said, "Show me my quarters, Hera. We will discuss your youth another time." Ooh. He well, put his dad voice on. <laughs> I'm daddy now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> 15 year old boy says <laughs> quiet woman <laughs> Hilgar sh- or Hera shocked took two steps back she looked at Stilgar he has the weirding voice the voice, hey. the voice didn't work the way he wanted it to every time they've used the voice on the frame and it's not worked right the you think he was thing. using the voice or he just like kind of gave his gave his regular voice a little zhuzh uh, probably a little bit of both. Okay. He was like, I'm looking f- to like for you to do something when I say this. Right. But I'm not going to fully like trance you. Right. He's just like, I'm just going to, because every time we saw Jessica use the voice, it never was like a, you do this. It was more of like, man, don't fight over me. Right. Then they fight. I mean, when she talked to uh, Howitt, I think she was like, sit down. And he was like, yep, sorry. No, I'm cutting down. I'm totally cutting down. You're right. Well, I guess that's mom voice. So right. it's like a little bit in between. She definitely has that like womany, like, no, you would do what I say. Yeah. But no, the voice did not work the way he intended it to. Or at least she noticed. Well, yeah. He's like, what are you doing, boy? What are you trying to do on me? Oh. Paul asked Stilgar the question he wanted to know, but he tried to do it in a roundabout way. Instead of saying, Liette said, he said, Chani's father put heavy obligation on me. Like he wants to know where's Chani at. Right. But also I well yet said we need to do some things. Yeah. Stilgar interrupts him. It'll be decided at council. You can speak then. And with that, tired of waiting, he turns, turns and walks away. Turns and walks away. And the rest of the group just follows Stilgar, <laughs> leaving Paul and Hera alone. Like Stilgar's not no, I gotta like. I got to go see my wife and my kids. I need to go. You, you're fine. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. Just (laughs) go away. Go Go to your room. Go to your room. (laughs) The voice alone didn't work. So Paul's like, okay, what do I do? But he he knows he needs an ally in this situation. So he tries another approach with Hera. He takes her arm. He feels how cold her skin was. She's trembling. He pitches his voice a certain way and says, I will not harm you. Hera. Relaxing his tone, he says, show me to our quarters. Ooh. You know, it's not just like my new quarters. He like includes her. Yeah, it's like ours now. We are, it's, we are a safe unit. Yeah. We are together in this. So he went from the take me now to the all right, let's do this together. I'm not going to hurt you. Let's go home. Yeah, which I think is really cool. Like, yeah. he like 
and I think I see like the Atreides in him. Right. Like that sincerity of like, no, I will do for you beyond what you can do for me. Right. Which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Harold looks at Paul saying, I know. Ruh -ruh. Whoa. Sorry if you guys are on YouTube. We just lost me. Hey, there we are. Hey, there we are. Difficulties. Difficulties. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're doing our best. We're doing our best over here. here. Best what we can with what we have at the time we're given. We're doing really, really, really trying. <laughs> Wish I could be a little bit better. I just need a couple of grand. <laughs> Let's be real. It's a little little bit My Paul. My Paul. Thank you for coming, coming as far as <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed you stuck around. Um, Let's see. Hera again looks at Paul saying, I know it's true I'm not as young as I once was, but you will not cast out when the year is gone. And Paul says, as long as I live, you'll have a place with me. And then Atreides' honor. You know? Sorry about the echo. You made it, yeah, I had to turn one of the mics off. Again, we're just doing our best with what we have. Major struggle bus today. <laughs> Paul says, as long as I live, you'll have a place with me. Hmm. He, he released her arms and said, come now. Where are our quarters? Now he's like, go to our room. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Hera turned and led the way down the passage and into the sketch. Yeah. Paul follows, and him and Hera have a talk, and he gets a, his personal tour right. of what the sketch is. Which is just it, just, it seems like just a big factory. You know? Like, it really does. Like, everything has a purpose. And Would you expect anything else from the Fremen? Right. I, 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 I was, I don't know. I was expecting maybe, like, in the sketch, they have uh, some some less less discipline more just like sit down have some spiced coffee you know but it's like that's where they do this that's where they do that we're gonna go through it obviously but um, yeah everything is very like, everything has a place everything has a purpose right and they don't stop anything too soon they go everything to the final moment get the most amount of stuff out of it mm. um so, but Hera asks a question right away. She asked him if he really did give water to the dead. Like, she said, Stilgard told me, probably they're walking up, like, oh, by the way, Jameis is dead, got bested by this person, but don't worry, he gave water to the dead. Right. He, what? like, gave her this big lowdown really fast. He from the outer world. His we mom's all a Gina. <laughs> There's a lot going on today, Hera, okay? <laughs> but, but just don't be shocked when you get there. All right, cool. But then she is, of course, shocked. Paul says yes, and Hera's shocked. She replies, "It's more than I'll do. Can do. I don't know. If she can cry. They're they're like hardwired to not cry because it's a waste of water. 
that's that's insane you know like even in mourning your the death of your husband you know that's yeah she's kind of just she'll mourn when it's time to mourn but she'll do it in her own way paul and Hera pass a room filled with machinery and people just hurrying about Hera explains that they're finishing their quota for the duke collectors before they flee she explains that that they plan to leave before the butchers get here and that, butchers. and they're being hunted yikes um and but they'll work up to the very last minute and they had done this this is not the first time they've done this they probably do this every so every like summer yeah the butchers are coming you get move them around yeah. and then they come yeah. back okay oh you are you saying they move like from ch to see like from one ch to an abandoned one we will go to others yet, and then get up and go to another abandoned one. Is that? I think that there's there is there's a there is some of that. They will they will move people through them as uh, as according to the like. So they're so the, they're always kind of moving. So again, no one knows the numbers. The Harkonnens have no idea where the right. Fremen are because they would go in. It's abandoned. It to go to the next place abandoned. Right. They go to the next place is abandoned. Yeah. So they have no idea, and probably why the Baron thinks that the Fremen are a problem. Because every time, right. like, they keep killing them, but it's just, every time they kind of, you know, go, they're not there. Oh, it's empty. There's it's like empty. none of them there. But we do learn that the hunters would be Sardaukar. So the Sardaukar are hunting the Fremen now uh, for sport. Um, Paul stumbles, sensing this moment. Like, he literally almost catches himself falling down. He'd been here before, remembering a... projection of the prescience but it was displaced like a montage in motion like muhadib deja vu like i've been here but nothing is where it should be uh, uh, yeah like i can imagine it like uh he has a dream about he's like in a room and chairs on this side of the dream but in real life the chairs on this side right right that's why i said like deja vu when you have that like really freaky deja vu that you're like um i literally had this dream or at least you feel like i literally right. had this dream two months ago and here we are sitting in it you know but yeah everything's like slightly different like maybe in this point it wasn't Hera; it was somebody else yeah so it's like this it just weirdly switched hmm. and so paul's trying to get out of it so he's like okay we're talking about dew collectors what are dew collectors and hara's shocked he has no idea what dew collectors are and he's like uh what to calm, calm down hara okay so we need some expository learning how this works <laughs> so Every plant and weed out in the dunes, yeah. get it? Dune is planted in a pit. And this pit is filled with chromoplastic. Like a plastic egg kind of thing. Like yes. a saran wrap eggy thing. I think saran wrap is a great example. Yeah. So, like when the sun would come up, it would turn them white. So, so that it reflects the light and keeps some kind of coolness. Yeah, and then as the sun goes down, the temperature inside decreases rapidly, which condenses. And it turns it. transparent, right? Isn't yeah. that? And then it condenses the moisture that's in the air, like sucks it down oh. because it cools it down so fast, and that's how the plants stay alive. Cool. So every plant for a, for a while will have, so we can collect moisture that way. Sweet. Um, so of course in the CH they produce these things Hara keeps talking but now it's about Jameis Jameis was a good man and a good provider he treated Jeff's boy like it's his own she stops and questions Paul 
would you be that way, Usul? And Paul's like, we don't have that problem. No, 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 no. We, we're not there yet, Hara. <laughs> I have not met these kids. We are going to be fine. I don't know what's happening, to be honest. I just got here. They literally just showed up. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know of your cust. I don't know your customs. So here we are. And so Hera's, Hera's like, but if... And Paul's like, Hera, <laughs> stop. Right. She's asking him leading questions so that he says like, oh, yeah, I'll totally do that. And then she's like, ah, uh huh. now you got to marry me or whatever. You right. She's being, she being sneaky. She recoiled. They kept walking. They passed a room full of weaving machinery and then a food processor. And then a still suit maintenance center. Mm. That's where she's like, but you, you have a good, nice still suit. You probably won't need to take it. I'm pretty good with a still suit. I can patch it up. Got problems, but you look fine. I can patch up your still suit. I'm really good with still suits. Right. Like, hey, I'm hey. A, I'm a great wife. You want to keep me around? And, and I'm young. I'm young. I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> they keep walking. They pass a schoolroom full of children. And Paul's like, wait, you just said we're going to be attacked. Why are we holding lessons? Like, what's happening? But they're repeating the same things as the teacher points to symbols on the board. Yeah. And apparently pretty fast. She's like, <laughs> Right. And they're just like repeating. Tree, grass, hill, lightning, rock, empty, cold, winter, fire, cavern, day, sand tide, moon, erosion, summer. That was a, that was a, uh, that was a vibe. I was into it. I'm sorry. Tree, grass, hill, hey. lightning, rock, hey. empty, cold, hey. winter, hey. fire, cavern, day, sand <laughs> moon, erosion, summer. <laughs> Paul, Paul's shocked, asked Hera, if we're leaving so soon, why are kids still in school? Right. Like, shouldn't they be packing or something? Like, right. And then Hera tells him, what Liette taught them cannot be forgotten. It's the Jacobsa way. Fair. Which is great. So, I mean, Liette, both Parda and Kynes, like, taught the Fremen this whole system of ecology. Like, put in an education system of, like, if we are going to do this, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to have these symbols and this thing, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Like, they're already bought into another, like, Messiah legend with science right now here comes the religious aspect on it and who knows what's gonna happen well i mean and just like the educational you know like the make it make it part of the the fundamental education for the kids and they'll like understand everything they need to understand when they're grown-ups and they're the ones teaching them and they they've got to know this system because they need to be able to do this for three thousand years right in order to make it work yeah right so she crossed the tunnel to the left and stepped up on like, I imagine it's like a stoop, right? Like a, like a raised up yeah. step to go into the house. She parted the orange hangings and stood aside. Your, your Yali is ready for you. I imagine like a Joanna Gaines, like, welcome home. <laughs> like, here it is. Welcome to your fix the rapper. <laughs> and as you can see, we have the uh, blue carpet here on the ground. We have the green hangings <laughs> and the orange hangings. You really just pull the room together, you know? And so they have pillows on the floor for your, for your booty. And if you like, <laughs> we have a whole reclamation chamber. Where if you don't, if you're st- tired of shitting in your still suit, <laughs> you can shit in a can. Oh my gosh. No, uh, no shiplap though. <laughs> yeah. No shiplap in this one. <laughs> it's got this t- big tent vibe. 
They're going, they're going yeah. like mid-century tent modern. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're giving for. away <laughs> way too much of our knowledge of HGTV. No one's going to respect us. I mean, okay, so in quarantine, that's all my wife and I did. <laughs> we watch every season of Fixer Upper. I'm a huge fan. Oh, man, fair. No, I mean, yes. And Paul all of a sudden felt this sudden reluctance to be alone with this woman. Which, I mean, again, she's like 30. Right. He's like 15. And also his mom had been putting out the the vibe of like, watch out for these, these women. Watch these out for the women trying to get you. Yeah. He could feel everything about Fremen culture. The ecology of ideas and values fishing for him, trying to snare him in their ways. And at the end of all of this, the wild jihad, the war he felt he should avoid at all costs. Nice. And then... He's just standing there, and Hera's like, oh, so you're going to come in? Right. Like, uh, uh, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> so this is a house. What we do is we walk into the house. I know you're new here, but this is how this works. You guys, you guys have houses, right? Where you're at, like, dude is weird. I got to try to convince him to marry me for some reason. So, like, okay, so I did some work in Uganda. And a lot of the houses there, they like make their own house out of uh, like clay yeah. and they like really do their own thing. And one of the guys was asking me, he was like, in America, do you guys build your own houses out of clay? Like he had no structure in his mind. Like you should do anything differently. Right. How else would you, how else would you house? build yeah. a house? So yes, that same horror is like, so in our culture, we walk into houses. <laughs> what do you do with it? Right. You just like stand there. It's, it's weird, but I guess. So Paul steps up and follow, follows her into the room, the cave, the house, what we're going to call this, the yali. It was a larger room than he thought, with thick blue carpets on the floor, blue and green fabrics hiding the rock walls and yellow glow globes overhead. Really give the vibe going. Oh, big vibe. He felt, it says it felt like a big tent. Hmm. But it's all, it's all in it's all rock. In a, it's all in a rock. But they put nice... Little fabric hanging things. So yeah. It feels like a tent. Right. Okay. Otherwise, you just, yeah, just feel the echo would just be too bad with all the rock. You need something. Oh, on the fair. Walls. Yeah, yeah. Acoustics. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Hera asked if he wanted him, if he needed help removing his still suit, because she can do that, right? Because. Ooh. <laughs> don't look to be naked <laughs> you're like 30 stop it <laughs> because I mean to be honest he can also take off his still suit now yeah. in this yet you can relax your still suit this one there's no need to wear it she's not wearing one right. you can take it off now you can relax he says no thank you Har asked if he wants food he's like yeah yeah food sounds great <laughs> she then points to the bathroom where he can change and leave himself not in the still suit like if you're tired of shitting on yourself we have a reclamation chamber to get the water that yeah. way yeah before leaving she hesitates stares at him kind of looks him up and down paul asks what is it you've not the eyes of the abad it's strange but not entirely unattractive <laughs> get the food <laughs> paul paul goes Get the food. I'm hungry. You need to stop. You're creepy. <laughs> she smiled at him, knowing a woman's smile. Right? Like a hmm. hmm. He found disquieting. Hmm. She says, I am your servant. She turns and leaves. <laughs> Anything you say, and turns and leaves, right? <laughs> oh, there we go. Paul is now alone, angry with himself. 
Why why is he angry with himself? I was reading this and I couldn't I didn't why was why would he have anything be angry? Just finding his only time alone. This is the first time he's been alone in a long time. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe angry at the frustration he just put out on Hera. Right. Or like he got himself into a whole mess by like beating Jameis up. Yeah, he didn't even want to do that. Maybe, maybe that, or maybe like he didn't keep his eye on Johnny. He didn't like that too. Figure out where she went, and he's like, "Dang it, dude, come on!" Like that was one move. He didn't have like pushed Jameis over. Then this never would have happened, right? This one little thing. Oh uh, yeah, so yeah. He's, he's got like a weird wife servant, and he's like, "All right, how did this all happen?" This whole mess, yeah. He moves aside a hanging and walks into another larger room. So he was in the entryway, and now he's in the living room, right? He stood there for a moment, caught by the uncertainty. And I funny that, like, it's nice for Paul to have a moment of uncertainty, especially because he can see the future. Right. So it's nice to, like, have that little moment of, like, I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> and in that I have no idea what's happening now moment, his first thought goes to teenage girlfriend. It's a teenage wasteland. Where is Johnny? Johnny's father just died. Oh, my God. My dad died. Her dad died. We have something in common. Dead dad club. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> Stop. You put something. Oh, no, no. Sorry. 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 <laughs> Dead dad club. Not something to joke about. <laughs> They're but, fictional characters. True, I'm sorry true. if any, any of our listeners have a. Yeah, uh, that's uh, not cool. Deceased. Not cool, bro. <laughs> But he thinks, yeah, we're like in that. And all of a sudden you hear a wailing cry from the outer quarters. And you're like, wait, what is that? But the volume is muffled by the hangings. And you realize, oh, someone's calling out the time. Wait, I've not seen any clocks. Right. They're in a cave. Somebody's got to keep track of what time it is. Someone's got to keep track of it. Yeah. Oh, Anna um, on the live stream says that he was angry because he still hasn't stopped the jihad or figured that out. Yeah. He's also got that in the back burner. Right. How do I stop this thing? That's right. a good point. He's got a he's got a lot to he's got a lot to process. Yeah, yeah he needs to, to be honest. He just needs some time and a journal and some nice spiced coffee to himself to write it all down. <laughs> Paul's gonna have quiet time and see <laughs> to bar. Yes, just, he just needs to write out his feelings. Like, <laughs> so there's this really cute girl, and I don't know what to do with myself, and I can see all of time. <laughs> Only di- forward though, dear diary. <laughs> Oh, and then dude. all of a sudden, Paul smelled the burning of a creosote bush, along with the overwhelming stench of what, this yetch. What's a what's a creosote bush? A I was cre- wondering that. Yeah, it's an actual bush. Okay, um, found in like the southwest United States, Mexico area in the desert there. Okay, and it's got a lot of medicinal qualities, huh. kind of like a sage, almost. You would burn it like that, but it also has some like again anti-inflammatory and it also they use a creosote bush to use make a salve to put on their hands to keep their hands from sweating that's cool so it keeps the moisture in them so it's all but it's probably the plant that's just used throughout for everything right and so it, and those are actual things that are real and not just science fictiony cool things that's awesome i mean with a name like creosote bush i assumed it was some something made up no that was that one's real sometimes Truth is stranger than fiction. There he is. Frank is teaching us all sorts of things. I mean, yeah, he was like a, he like nerded out on ecology for a very long time before writing this book. Right. Uh, 
But Paul is stuck. He's trying to remember. He really just, he needs that time to journal to remember the montage moments he'd seen before. And he's like, wait, where was my mother involved in this? What about the daughter she carries? What about my sister? Is she going to be? What's happening with her? He could feel the mutable time awareness dancing around him. So I'm sure like it's almost anytime he's still just for a moment, there's just like this. It just creeps up on him. Yeah. Just yeah. constant. Do, 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 all the stuff. He shook his head trying to focus on this new Fremen way of life. The Fremen culture that now swallowed all remaining Atreides. Which I think is kind of an interesting thing. Like everybody who was Atreides is now the Fremen have just swallowed them up. Right. Or, you know, they they've I guess they've been swallowed up by wherever they landed. Yes. Because you know? if you were stuck with the Harkonnens, like Thufur, like got swallowed up by the Harkonnens. And Gurney you know? with the smugglers. Right. Wherever you the, landed after this. The Atreides culture was just appropriated. Sent everywhere. Yeah. Just like there's, really cool. so now that we're also in a, a space for the first time like an actual building for the first time he notices that there are no poison snoopers about which poison snoopers were everywhere in castle caladan as well as in, in yeah. which he says is like that's weird no one's testing for poisons but he can smell poisons everywhere right so it's like these people don't even care like that that's not their main concern right so it's a whole new way of life and if there's poisons there they're making them Right. For their own purposes. Right. Not to use on the tribe. No. Well, hey, hey, we'll get there. Uh -huh. All right. Paul heard rustling of the hangings behind him. So who's he think it is? He thinks it's Hera. With the food. He's hungry. I mean, granted, he knows that whatever food he's about to get, he's about to get is going to be like doused in spice. Yeah. So he's going to like have this, this weird trip for like a little <laughs> bit. Like, oh, crap, here we go again. But. He turns around, and instead of seeing Hera, he sees two small young boys, ten and nine, staring at him with greedy, blue-within-blue blue eyes. Both of them have their hands on their Chris knives. Ooh. And at that moment, Paul recalled the mysterious stories of the Fremen and how their children fought as ferociously as adults. End <gasps> scene. That's scary. It reminds me of, like, baby rattlesnakes. Because baby rattlesnakes are actually more dangerous than actual rattlesnakes. What? Really? Yeah, because they don't know when to let go. So, so it, they just poison, poison, it, poison Yeah, they, poison, they dump poison. all of it into you, whereas an adult just gets you and like you knows what's going to happen. Yeah. But if you get stung by a baby rattlesnake, it's like bad, bad, bad news bears. Dude, so, I grew up in a city, man. I don't know all that kind of stuff. That's That's freaky. That's crazy to me. Yeah, man, the rangers were really cool when I was a kid when we went to the mountains. <laughs> Parents went camping, they sent me to the ranger school. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, oh, man. So, yeah, the Fremen children. Little murder babies. Little murder babies. Well, those, and you know who those kids were, right? Oh, they're James's kids, I'm assuming. And Jeff's. And, yeah. Well, right. there was two. Three, right? No, there's two kids. One, oh, yeah, one for each dad. Yeah, yeah, Okay. And they're like, well, bros. And they're about to be Lazan El Gaib's kids. What you doing, bro? You're not my dad. You ain't my dad. What you doing here? Well, yeah, yeah. Can we just poke you a little bit? Shake it. But it's, you know, it's going to be, uh, as Anna says on the live stream, the murder twins. Murder, murder twins. <laughs> That's exactly. Watch out, man. Don't be. Well, think about it. Their dad, I mean, Jeff was, he was one. 
when Jameis came into the picture. But like one of the, the kids, they're like, oh man, you they probably know the culture. Oh, you bested my dad? You cool. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You think they're like, they're like, they figured that out yet though or because they just walked in they're like uh who are you bro you're not my dad right we we didn't hear that (laughs) i think i'll figure it out but no these uh these little kids are going to grow up to be part of uh muhadib's murder crew good to know yeah is that a spoiler not really they're just they're meant do these probably do these characters have names i don't really know yet right yeah Though it is known that the the, the children uh, in battle for the for the Fremen uh, go around reclaiming the water of the wounded. So you know how the, as soon as you are wounded, as we met in the cave with Fufer, right with the right. Fremen, what happens to the wounded? What do the Fremen do to them? Yeah. Kill them. So the kids are known that on the battlefield they would just kind of like wash over. The kids would just. Take all the water from the people that don't need it anymore. Can you just That's imagine that? Slice, slice, slice. Super crazy. So, yeah, introduced, and that's your introduction to Fremen children. Welcome to CH Tabar. Here we are. You know what I kind of pictured the CH like? And it still worked more or less uh, after we saw like everything going on. Uh, in the second Matrix movie, yes, that whole um, what was it called? What was that? What was that joint called? Zion. Yeah. Zion. That's what I was picturing. Just like, that's exactly what I picture yeah. too. And like the third one when they're all like close to the core, right? And it's just like they're in this giant cave. Yeah. Remember the giant party scene? Oh yeah, that was the that was the second one. I think that's intense. <laughs> yeah. That would that. keep that scene in the back of your mind as we go to the next chapter. Well, and it's like uh, it's like a it's like, like a, a cave in a dystopian world, but like Ramstein's playing a <laughs> right. It's like a rave, and they were like, "What else were they doing in that scene?" It was like a it was like a giant orgy. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little it was a little sexual for sure. All right, so uh, as always, please stay spicy. That's gonna end chapter thirty six. Uh, we end book two. Next episode, right? Next episode, next chapter. Ooh. You remember how um, book one ended with like this a weird climactic scene? Yes. With Paul like tripping out? Yeah. All right. Book two is going to take it to the next level. Oh! We'll see you there. Make sure you see uh, Catch Us Up on Twitter, Reading Dune. Again, I'm so sorry about the glitches. I don't really know what's happening with my life. Email us how bad our glitches are and how much our <laughs> voice sucks at readingdune at gmail.com. Love we will you. see you next time. Peace.